it's a journey, not a destination. I was very task oriented in my younger years, hence the 11 diploma. And over that time, the real joy, the depth, the embodiment, the experience, the juice is in the journey. And that what we've talked about now is sometimes for me as the younger me was always so far out here in the future that I didn't really appreciate. Welcome to the Powerfully On Purpose podcast. I am Maggie, your host and creative behind this space. This podcast is for those ready to create change in their life, level up their mind, expand their horizons and get clear on what it means to them to live a life powerfully on purpose. Join us weekly for conversations with people living on purpose and I invite you to choose to be inspired after each episode and walk away with the intention to take audacious action towards everything you desire. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Powerfully On Purpose podcast. Today I have a guest with me. Her name is Haley GW. She's the owner of Purposeful Pursuits, an educational advisory agency dedicated to creating positive and profitable change through education. She has over 15 years of experience in the vocational education sector and a strong academic foundation. She has been successfully managing her own business since 2010, providing consulting services in marketing, education, and strategy. And beyond her professional endeavors, she is deeply passionate about learning and empowering others. I am excited about this because she has a heart of gold. She has so much knowledge, and this is going to be a fire episode because she has so much to give. So, Haley, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. <laughs> wow. I sound impressive when you say it like that. <laughs> Thank you so much. What an honor to be here. Oh, I'm actually really excited for this episode, um, especially the path that I'm going down in business, knowing that you have so much to offer within the education as well. This is just another avenue where we get to spread and share how important it is that we're evolving and uh, elevating the education for all people involved, students, teachers, advisories, all of the above. So... I'd love to start with a little bit about your history, your background, how you got into business and specifically then into education. So where would you like to start? At the beginning, hey. Um, <laughs> well, I suppose for context, let's just say whilst I love learning, love education, would not, I would not describe myself as a good student <laughs> by any means um, and I was actually, you know, knowing I was coming on here, went back and looked at some of my report cards. <laughs> and it was entertaining now, potentially damaging and therapy-inducing as a child. <laughs> but there was a number of comments in there that Haley's operating at her full potential and I got like a C or a D. It was quite low. So, um, yeah, so I certainly is want to kind of start that conversation around love it not always been easy. Has it been a journey? You betcha. Have I failed? Failed forward all the way. Um, and, and that's, I think, part of where that passion come from, comes from and that determination um, and that wanting to, to help others on, on their journey as well because that was a big thing for me throughout my life. As I reflect back, um, having mentors and people that were there and that would support me when I couldn't do it fully on my own. Um, at that time so yeah so did the acad academic thing as we all do at school 
finished. And I remember even probably around year 10 thinking, I don't really want to be here in school anymore. I really just wanted to get into the workforce. I actually used to um, get, you know, notes from my mom say she can't play sport because she's, for whatever reason, we would make up and I would go and work. And um, I just really wanted to work. From the minute I could work, I was working. I just wanted to work. So, um, and then, you know, even prior to that, was running my own little charity businesses as a kid within school. So, yeah, academically, um, uh, not not my strongest thing. Um, but, yeah, geez, it was a good foundation. But look, you know, where I've come now full circle to be back in that space. Um, so, yeah, did did. Um, high school, did normal school, high school, went on and studied at TAFE, then pathwayed into university and then continued to, to study even post-university um, and then went back and started teaching uh, vocational uh, courses in business as well and having my own business in that space too, writing resources. So, yeah, like a real mixed, real mixed bag of, of educational uh, experience. Yeah, that's really incredible. Do you, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but do you find that your lack of maybe success, as some might perceive it, like you obviously passed to see is great, but your lack of outstanding grades, as some might say, was one of your reasons for wanting to get into education and, and explore that? Or do you think they had like no real um, connection? Yeah, it's interesting because... I mean, I don't know, maybe subconsciously. Um, one of the things more recently that I've sort of been remembering um, is, you know, when they say when you're a child, what sort of things did you enjoy doing? Um, and I reflect back on that. And even as a child, I quite often would role play that I was a, t- a teacher. Um, so perhaps, yeah, there was something in that. Um, and I think too, probably it, not probably, it definitely helped me to be more compassionate, um, more empathetic when I then became a, a teacher myself, um, particularly because I had throughout more, well, probably my, pretty much most of my academic journey, to be fair, constantly, partly for my own struggling with the content because of the way in which sometimes it's delivered, it doesn't um, it doesn't really cater for different learning styles. It didn't certainly didn't, um, you know, when I was going through it, I know things have changed a little bit now. Um, however, like, you know, I, I had teachers, I actually had a teacher send a letter home to my parents saying that Haley is illiterate. Um, and I had another teacher when I said my dream was to do nothing at the time to go to union to be a doctor. Um, and he said, you'll never, you'll never make it. You didn't, you can't, you know, you can't even do this. How are you going to do that? Um, so it was, and then I had, you know, this is lots of, lots of, you know, like I step up, I get knocked down. I step up, I get knocked down. And, um, I'm so grateful for those knockdowns because that then built the persistence, the drive, the determination that was useful in later life. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe subconsciously it was something, um, how I initially, like what was the spark that turned me wanting to be the teacher? It was I saw a lady present um, when I was working for a marketing company and she was just vibrant and she taught in a way that was fun and it was practical and it was not formal like what I'd seen before. 
and I was fortunate she happened to be living near me and I was you know, in the city and she said, I'll, I'll drive you home. And I thought, oh my gosh, yes, like I'm going to pick your brain for the next hour drive and how did you do it? How did you get into this? And so she sort of, you know, downloaded that information and from that, that spark was just like, this is what I'm going to do. I don't want to do anything else. And then I just naturally started to, I suppose, manifest what I had, that spark. And then, you know, here, here I am today. So, um, yeah, it was kind of like maybe a few dots connecting along along the way. Um, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. It's interesting um, to reflect back on the teacher and the teacher mm. that, you know, told you you, you were never going to be able to do that and or whatever it was. And the amount of times I hear that blows my mind. And it's not necessarily the teacher's fault. They're always doing the best they can. However, it's interesting that it's not more regulated, that teachers are unable to say that kind of stuff to their students. Like, it's so disempowering to hear that from an authority figure who a lot of students look up to. It's like they're their role models for potentially 18 what 13 years out of the first 18 years of their life it's it's a long time for an individual especially a child who is adapting and being uh, in modeling and all of that to see their potential model figures for that period of time go you'll never be good enough or you'll never succeed in the things that you want to do or whatever it is may not seem like a bad thing or such a big thing at the time and you're lucky that you were able to turn that into something more powerful and actually utilize it as a as a great thing if your mindset and uh, the way that you perceived it isn't that great can you imagine how that could potentially ruin someone's potential and actually their drive to want to do something in life absolutely and now i've got friends and family that had similar experiences and their view it up until recently like i said we're, we're digging out the old files and having a good laugh what was written but you know my sister was an example she had always up until this year had always said you know I'm dumb I'm not smart I can't you know whatever whatever the story was that she was telling and she actually pulled out this thing her student like student files and went oh my gosh I actually she actually accelerated Mm. in her studies but her memory and how she viewed herself until she saw this piece of paper was just like something completely different. And so it, it, that was really interesting. You know, I, exactly like you said, I had the opposite. I knew there were challenges and I just persevered and moved forward. In in one particular area for her, it was in, you know, science that she was sort of having the, in her mind that, that she wasn't good. And then when she saw these results, she went, oh. And I said, she actually beat me in, in the grades for that subject. So yeah. Um, you know, you're exactly right. It's um, in, in the environment is key, and I think exactly how you say teachers don't realize what influence they have on the students that are in their room, and it's something to be really mindful of. Um, and it's certainly something that I've carried with me throughout my journey. You know, I've trained uh, or taught in vocational. I say trained. I've trained a lot of people in a lot of different backgrounds, from people who've been long term unemployed, people that have been in prison people that have gone through a whole manner of really challenging things and um i think it's just really important to i always went into those classrooms really open um and just met people at face value Mm -hmm. and i think that was a really key thing particularly where 
especially they were adults by that time. Um, and they probably would have been people in the school system that had these experiences like what we're talking about. Um, and, you know, it's that old, it's an old, that little picture you see is that if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, mm. you know, it's that, and, and, and I have seen that, especially in the vocational space, um, where people are really talented and it's finding a way to marry that with the education so that they they work really well together yeah 100 percent. it yeah that saying about the fish climbing a tree it's it's not oh yeah it's not as common for people to make sense of that and realize that not every student is gonna be great at every subject and that's okay yet the from my belief the system set up for you to either win or lose like it's you're either right or you're wrong it's this is the answer. If you didn't get it, then you're unworthy of this grade or whatever it is, rather than identifying people's strengths and going, amazing, let's do more of that. Like there's a lot of people believe that it, you identify your weaknesses and then work on it. You absolutely can do that. However, why not focus on what you're actually really good at and do more of that because you're actually going to find that you enjoy life, you love life, and you want to do more of it. Whereas when you're constantly, you know, having to do math, I know math's important, but if you're really bad at math and then your teachers are like, you need to go home and study and do more of it, even though you're really bad at it, they're going to start resenting school, right? They're not actually going to want to go. So yes, have them improve and support them and then remind them of, the fact that they're really great at science or they're really good at art or, you know, they won a football match last week with their team and, you know, whatever it is that they're really good at, focus on that rather than pointing down on someone and going, you're not good enough or you'll never succeed because you've got a C. And yeah. It's just interesting, right? Absolutely. Exactly. And and I, I love that how you said focus on the strengths because, and I think that's where things are starting to shift is and and I was only thinking about it. if you think where how parents would have gone through the school or academic system versus how I went and then how the next generation is. Like when I look at my journey, I actually kind of went through a lot of back doors and side windows to get to where I am now. And that's now what I share with other people that maybe don't want to follow that linear path to education, you know, like the one that we learn about. there's so many ways now that you can pick up bits and pieces and still end up as you know maybe not so much a doctor because I'm a bit more formal but you know certainly other you know you know look at entrepreneurs for example they're not going to follow a traditional path and they probably were people that struggled at school because of the way that it was and in reality you look at everything that's out there now we're all about being innovative welcoming new ideas welcoming a fresh approach well, that's why the system has to be able to be more flexible yeah. um, to keep people like the, that engaged. And so, you know, even now when I hear friends and things and they'll say, you know, I've got my, my son or my daughter's got ADHD or, you know, they hate school. I've, I, you know, that, and they're worried. For me, I get so excited because I'm like, good, <laughs> good, because they can go out and they can work and they can circle back to it later when they've found what it is that lights them up. And I've had students in my class where they didn't want to be there. You know, I had one one time once I was falling asleep and and I went to him and I was like, you know, some people would see that and be like, oh my gosh, 
this is terrible. Instead, get down on the level of that person and find out why they're falling asleep. What's their story? And and in the end, in that particular situation, he'd been put into a mold that wasn't for him. He was more a hands-on person. I said, well, what are you doing in this class, mate? Let's put you in a class where he wanted to be a mechanic. So we put him in a mechanic class and off he went and and he accelerated. So, you know, accelerate, <laughs> pun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like, and I think exactly, that's exactly right, strength. Be mindful of your weaknesses, sure. Work on them, sure, if you choose. But make sure it's a, a strength-focused approach because that will is like what we said, will bring you that fulfillment and that joy. For sure. Sure. So, yeah, maths is not my forte. I'm aware of this. I've failed this. Does it? But when I got into later life or, and when I got into later life and the circumstances and the context changed, the penny dropped. And so it's not to say that... It's just not now or not here. It's coming and the time will come back where you then find relevance and, and reasons why you want to pay more attention. Mm. And they're teaching me those formulas and things in school. I just thought, when am I ever going to use this? So, you know, whereas now I'm, I like numbers, I like money. So I like to know about that from a business perspective. Yeah. I don't need to know about, you know, some of that other stuff. Mm. And all power to those that really love that. Good for you because you love it so I don't have to. <laughs> That's great. Like, it, you're right. Some of the stuff we learn in school is relative to the individual. Like, for maths, exam- for example, if someone wants to become an accountant, maths is super important. <laughs> and I couldn't think of anything worse than becoming an accountant. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yet, in school, I was great at math. So it's mm-hmm. like, it, and now I'm just like the only numbers I care about really is the digits in my bank account <laughs> and how they are going up rather than down. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. at school my my passions were different. Because I was good at it, I actually wanted to do it, whereas the things I wasn't good at, I was like I couldn't care less about. And um, I want to touch back on the approach through school and how um, – to be more flexible, I was really fortunate that my mom super supportive in my academics, education, etc. While I was growing up, and at about seventeen, so in year eleven, I was like, I actually am done with school. I do not want to go through another year of this. Like this is too much. Um, and she sat me down and was like, Well, you've only got a year left. How can we make this? a great year that you enjoy and you can still get your certificate because like it was somewhat important to her and I, like I'm kind of I'm glad that I did do that in the end um we found a way for me to literally go part-time in my fi- final year of school still get my certificate do a certification that allowed me to travel because that's really what I wanted to do and I enjoyed my last year of school and a lot of people turned around and went how are you doing this what are you like is thinking outside the box it's asking the right questions it's being flexible it's being open to opportunities and it's going this is not working for me how can I do something different like there's always a way always a way and I truly believe that education and the system is for a lot of people especially if you want to be a doctor lawyer um all of those things that do require uh a degree of some sort and for me and for a lot of people out there degrees or becoming a doctor 
isn't something that we aspire to be or do. And yet sometimes it's all that we can see because it's all that they're handing to us. It's like, oh, become this, become this, become this. And it's overwhelming for a lot of people. I found it was overwhelming for me. And I was actually going to be a lawyer. Right? I was going to go do law. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, so it's just it's interesting when you look at things differently and you allow yourself to be flexible and the system is the system and there's also ways to work the system. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's it, you know, and and you got to have something to, to be the foundation so that you've got a, something to springboard off. So, you know, I... Uh, yeah, I love I love the compliance side. I'm a compliant person. I like I like foundation. I like structure. I like framework. A million percent. Do I like to then kind of like get out here and go? Okay, well now I've kind of reached there to here and yeah, a hundred percent. I think it you know it all has its place. Um, you know, and you know I was only sort of saying to a friend recently, you know, where acad- academia is concerned, I've done all of the things. I've done the the you know the um, private college way, I've done the TAFE way, I've done the uni way, um, you know, I've done the self-taught way, I've, you know, been that, done it, loved it all, it all served its purpose and that's why I come from that viewpoint of like it's all good, it's just what, you know, what's your personal circumstance and what what works for you, mm. that, that, that worked for me and, and I sort of say, I don't know if it's something that people say in general but like say in my family we say people with tattoos, don't care if other people have tattoos or not. Yeah. We're, we're, we're like cool with it. Sometimes when people don't have tattoos, they're more judgmental because they're like, why would you want them? And so I kind of take that analogy to this to the education space is if you've not had it, sometimes that can be where that preconceived mentality can come in and like, oh, it's not for me. So whereas I'm like, I love all of it, take, you know, it's a buffet, pick and choose what you want. You can, yeah, it's your choice, <laughs> 100%. So, you know, I think for me, for me personally, I like that education is that buffet option. You can fill yourself as full as you want or you can go, no, nah, I don't want that. I'm just going to have this bread roll over here. That's cool. I'm eating it all. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. um, touching on that, like there's so many ways to educate yourself as well. Like I think this is another thing that could really – be beneficial people knowing more when they're actually at school is that there's options more so than just TAFE and uni like they're the two that they really push for there are more options I left school and I was like I'm never studying again and like you know how much study I've done in the last few years it's just like every day I'm studying and it's it's fun and it's exciting because it's on my terms and it's things that I love doing and when you find the things that you're passionate about, as you would know, is you just want to do it all the time. You want to do more of it and continuously learn and evolve. And the more education you have, the more education you realize you don't have as well. And yeah. you know, there's more available. And you, like you said, it's a buffet. You can come in one day and you just have your bread roll. Or you can come in the next day and try a bit of everything. Like you get the choice of what you're feeling like, and you can always choose and change and have something different. Yeah, a million percent. And I think that's really key what you're saying too is like from my stance on it, I don't care where you're learning or how you're learning. I just am so excited for the fact that you are learning Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, you only have to travel to see the difference that education makes in a person's life and it's what's 
what separates, you know, a first world economy to a third world economy. And education gives choice. And the more, whether, as you say, formal, informal, doesn't matter. It's what levels you up and gives you those choices. And um, so that's why I, I just love it. And as you say, you can go and you can cherry pick from here, there and everywhere. And the exciting thing is in, in this day and age, you can bring that all back in and have that recognition under a formalized system if you wish to then have a piece of paper that mm. then says to the world, hey, I actually have all these skills and knowledge. Um, and you don't have to sit in a classroom to do it. Mm. So, um, yeah, especially in the vocational space, I know the higher education universities are starting to do a little bit more recognition um, and more bespoke things. So there's, like, as we said, there's shifts happening um, and it's, you know, education is the is the, the winner in it all. And the, the informal style of stuff, you know, now you can jump on, you know, TikTok or, um, you know, Instagram and there's your, there's your classroom. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it's real cool. That is really cool. And I have a feeling that a lot of people were yet to know that around the fact that you can actually um, be recognised for outside learning. Um, mm. I had a feel like I kind of knew it and when you were talking about it, I was like, did I actually know that or did I just hope that that was a thing? So if someone was wanting to look at that kind of perspective and go and see what they can be recognised for, for their learnings, what what do they do to do that? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a lot of providers you can go to and say, this is what I'm wanting to study. Can you have a look at, at my previous experience? Um, you know, shameless plug. If you want help, you can totally come and hit me up and I'll be more than happy to guide you. Um, and I... And I, and I do that, uh, you know, for family, friends and anyone else that wants to assist in because you, you literally can. You know, I've had, um, you know, people go, oh, but, you know, I've just been a housewife for the last 20 years. I mean, that's an extreme example. Yeah, awesome. Because then you've been a project manager. You've also managed people. You've also had communication. So it's just looking at things and then fitting it into a system that exists. Um, and that's something that in particular the vocational education sector is able to do um, and that's a way of accelerating through that more formalized way of of getting education so you're 100 percent right you can look at the hobbies people do and then map that into accredited programs um, so it's pretty much most things now probably map in some way shape or form to a formalized education and you know, even now, people that I see within my network, there's it, it's like blows my mind and it's so cool. There's like 12, 13, 10-year-old, 14-year-old kids that have businesses. Yeah. You know, they would be able to get recognition for what they're doing. Maybe not the full thing because, you know, I appreciate there's some time, you know, in the game to sort of build up that knowledge. But they would because they're doing it in a more entrepreneurial space in theory, have more practical exposure than what someone who may be sitting in a, in a classroom that's learning it from someone telling an experience rather than living it themselves. So, um, you know, yeah, 100% experiential learning can be recognised and often speed the process up and you can be earning whilst you're having that um, validation of, of your um, skills and experience. 
um, mapped into something that's accredited, which is so exciting because that certainly wasn't the case when I was at high school. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's happening more now. There are vocational programs taught within schools, which is great. Um, so yeah, it's, there's, like I said, there's lots of ways to get in through the back door, the front door, the side door, the roof that you just couldn't do, you know, going back five, ten years ago. Yeah, that is really exciting. Yeah, that is. Oh, that's got me thinking. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm always like, you know, I suppose give context, you know, um, I think I've got 11 diplomas maybe. I forget the exact yep. number, yep. something like that. <laughs> but lucky 11, I kind of got that point. Yeah, I'm good now. Um, some of which were sat, I was in a classroom dedicating a year, you know, being lectured at, doing assessments, blah, blah. Others were a combination. Others were I spent time doing it myself and I bought the blood, sweat and tears in paperwork, photos, videos, and I had it formally recognised. So you really can, like, you know, I can't stress enough. You really, there's there's many, many ways that you can, you know, skin a cat, for lack of a better example, to achieve that same outcome. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, you just have to know, like you said earlier, know the system so that you know then how to bend it and flex it to work with your circumstances rather than you trying to fit the mold that doesn't work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's often cheaper because you're just getting it recognized. You don't have to sit in the classroom for 12 months and you can move on to the next. And you just tap back when you need that piece of paper because there's certain industries where they they like that and that is your passport to freedom, to tenders, to, to earning more, to credibility, et cetera. So it is still more broadly beneficial to have it, um, not always necessary. It is, it is, I have found, it is beneficial and generally it, means that you are paid more and because you're able to prove with a piece of paper that you are, you know, you can do what you say you can do basically. Yeah, that's so true. And I actually went through a phase of this, like like I mentioned, I've never been to uni or anything. However, the industry that I'm going into now, I knew that I had the ability to do what I wanted to do and I also knew that certifications look good as well and people do appreciate it so I spent the last like nine months getting a few certifications purely because I know that in the long run that is gonna one help me earn more money to actually make a great impact because people will trust me uh, and my authority a lot more uh, and it's just the way that a lot of people perceive and the industry depending on the industries it's the perception of uh, how good you are at your job you know like Yes, you could be the most amazing person at what you do and someone could, and this is just how it is, unfortunately, someone could come in, be less of whatever it is with a certification and have more trust and authority over you purely because of that. And it's not to be dismissed or anything. It's just that that's just how it is. And knowing that you can go out and learn all these things and actually just kind of backdoor it to get the certification is really incredible because it will allow people who are really good at what they do to come in and go, oh, I'm really good and I'm going to get certified and then I'm going to create the impact that I really want to create without having to sit in a lecture for the next three, four years when yeah. no, there's no need for it. Yeah, it's incredible. And, you know, through doing that process with with people over the years, 
some of the stories and the journeys that people have been on that come in and, and go down that recognition path rather than start from scratch and then get the certificate and off they go. Their stories are colourful, they're vibrant, they have, you know, they put the sweat equity in. The the experiences they've had, and I know because I've been through both the formal and the recognised pathways, you're never going to learn in a textbook. Mm. You're learning it by doing it. And, you know, life is the hardest <laughs> teacher because they give you the um, the test first and then the lesson afterwards. Oh, yeah. so... You know, like I've seen that and and hearing their stories and then obviously helping to validate that so they get the piece of paper. Um, it's an honour to be able to hear those stories because you just, you can't write the stuff some people have had to go through to get to where they are. And if they spent all that time sitting in a classroom, all this amazing stuff, exactly like you said, the impact that they've made, the money that they've made, the positive change that they've made would just never have happened mm. because they're they're not doing. Yeah, they're just sitting and, and you know take taking it all in. So um, yeah, it's good that there are alternatives for the you know like I said, it's a buffet. You pick and choose what you like and what works for you, um, and it's just nice to know that there's those options that exist. Hundred percent. Yeah, with that, I, even from like my education perspective, I've learned things and then I forgot about them like a week or so later because I haven't implemented them straight away whereas the things I've learned from failures mistakes whatever you'd like to call them I've remembered because I've experienced them rather than just simply um taking in the information and the knowledge so it's it's really cool to be able to um, like make sense of what you're saying and realize that it really isn't in the experience that you learn and actually impact and so yeah yeah it's uh yeah that's definitely been my journey anyway is that it's all well and good to hear it but until you embody it until you've experienced it it really doesn't mean it doesn't mean the same yeah it doesn't mean the same yeah it's uh yeah that's why I like experiential learning because experience is the hard teacher like we just said (laughs) it's a good teacher it's the best teacher in my in my opinion anyway um yeah and that's what makes it exciting that's what makes it rewarding because you 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 stand at that precipice of like I don't know how to do this I just know I'm gonna do it and you go on the journey and then at the end of it you go back and then that's when you get that recognition and you relive it all through the evidence and you go ah that's right that's how I did it and that was pretty much my journey when I first got into being a, a formal trainer and assessor I knew I wanted to do it I actually set up about going out and doing the program did got the book it was like two books that were like thick as took them home went oh my gosh I'm overwhelmed I'm just gonna put these under my bed I use them as a doorstop for a while um and I went no like you really want to do this I'm like I do but it just I just just, you know just it just didn't compute yeah anyway I started thought stuff it I was gonna start applying for the I'm gonna start applying for the jobs I'm not qualified I was gonna apply for them I got knocked back didn't get it as life happens, a few weeks later, got called. They said, if you want the job, it's yours. Up, up, you know, off I rock. Rock in. There's nothing ready to roll. I had to learn trial by fire doing it. It was one of the biggest <laughs> transitional periods of my life. The growth was incredible. Full circle back, I actually got recognition 
of my prior learning. So I did the job before I was qualified to be there and do it. <laughs> and it was good. And it was a few years later that I actually found out I was actually operating at a much higher level than what I thought. So it was like a certificate four, but I was actually operating at a double diploma level for anyone who's playing at home that understands that. And the, as I said, the, the point was the experiential journey, the embodiment that went with that process will be with me for life. Mm. Those books that I had under my bed doing the formal way, I, I'm, they got burnt and binned very quickly. <laughs> Couldn't even tell you what was in there. You yeah. didn't even tell you what was in there. So, yeah, I mean, ex- experiences, yeah. yeah. That's why I like, that's why I'm so passionate and enjoy what I do because that's what it's all about is that recognition, that experiential learning, let you do what you do well and then just tick that box, get that piece of paper um, so that you can show the world that, yeah, I actually do know what I say I can do. Yeah, that's cool. And it's going back to that focusing on what you're good at, like, by the sounds of it, you're good at hands-on rather than textbook. So if you were to focus on the textbook, that's just focusing on, I don't want to call it your weakness, but like if mm. if it's the opposite of a hands-on, like it it, mu- it must be, right? So mm. you know how you learn and you follow that path. So if people out there actually are yet to make sense of how they learn, is there ways that they can uh, learn how they learn? How to learn. Yeah, I mean, I think in, you can probably prompt me on this. As again, I didn't learn from the textbook. I learned by doing. So some of my theories aren't 100% in all areas. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of learning, what they talk about, your kinesthetic, your auditory, you know, that. I'm not thinking really long, but Visual. There's a few. And there's a new one now. It's like a think and feel one or whatever. No. Yeah, a audio, visual or whatever. Yeah. You can look it up. You can Google it. What other five types of learning? Bang. And you can probably even Google, can I do a quiz to find out what I am? So, you know, probably AI will even do it for you. So, yeah, um, so yeah that's a good place to start. And, and it definitely, exactly what we're saying, helps you to then go, oh, that's why this probably didn't work for me. For me, it's taken years to where I actually read a book and I now read them pretty much before bed because it just like songs me straight out. Textbook is not my thing. I listen to a podcast. If I watch a video, um, if I have to watch a video and then step-by-step step do it myself, it then just computes and drops in so much better for me. So, um, yeah, there's definitely they definitely are good indicators for you to then sort of go, this is probably how I learn best and this is how I would go and seek out uh, learning that would suit, would suit me if you don't naturally know already yeah. um, whether you're, you know, one or the other. And like we said, that that's the beautiful thing about the world. It takes all kinds to make it. So there's some that love that textbook. That's their way of going. And awesome. Like I said, knock yourselves out. Flip side, there's people that are hands-on that will pick maybe trade-based stuff or whatever. Great. We need it, we need it all. We need it all. There's so many skills we need we, and knowledge. We need it all. And if we can somehow blend it together at times, everybody wins. Collaborate, everybody wins. Mm, yeah. That's so true. That is really true. I mean, so much to think about. I'm going to take a lot of this into my own world. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> too. I'm actually curious, and I'm wondering where this is going to go. I'm curious if you could go into this education system right now and change one thing, what would it be? What do you think would make the biggest change? Wow, that's a really good question. I don't know. Hey, like, because that's a, that is a, would be a huge change. I mean, my first thought, my first thought was 
nothing. And then that might sound like, well, because like, you know, you've just whinged about all this stuff that didn't work well for you. Um, but it, you know, it, it all serves its purpose. And, you know, like I said, is that it's there, it's there and the foundation and the structure, you need something to work from. Um, and so by having that foundation, great. I know, I now know what my benchmarks are and I'll just wiggle around it and I'll come back when I need to. So I think because those flexibilities exist, great. Do I think there's shakeups coming and am I excited by that? Hell yeah. Like, even in my space, in the vocational space, and it's being driven by entrepreneurs because there's, you know, like I said, when you've got variety, you're going to have lots of people going about it in a different way. So you could see the example recently in this, in education, just in general, where we talk about artificial intelligence, you know, chat GTP, anyone was following the media at that time, people were, and what's, what's the non-swearing way, people were concerned about how this was going to impact. And because, well, for me personally, I was like, I don't feel controversial and I don't want to offend any educators out there. I was just like, woo-hoo, because it means now that you're going to have to have a blend of both theory and practical. And so because we've talked so much today about the experiential side, whether you are a doctor, whether you are a lawyer, whether you are a, a business person, whether you are a jewelry maker, whether you are whatever, theory is great. But I know from when I studied, I was reading textbooks from people that had written, you know, 150 years ago. And in certain disciplines, that's fine. That may work. But if you want to be innovative and you want to be able to create change and, and move the needle, which is what education helps to do, it's going to have to be disrupted slightly. And so, and so I think that's what we're seeing with the AI space. So in vocational, it's not a huge concern for me as an educator in that space because Sure, chat GTP could answer the theory questions for you. Awesome. But I'm going to want to observe you to be able to know that you can do it. So it doesn't, you know, would I change anything? No. Do I think that things are naturally starting to change already? Yes. Am I there with my popcorn and TV and like, let's see how this unfolds? <laughs> sure. Um, you know, in terms of all education systems everywhere, could shakeups happen? Absolutely. I see more corporate influence coming in and helping to shift some of that as well you know there's a lot more corporates that are working with educators to bring students into that professional environment to give exposure and you know even those you know 10 20 10 12 13 14 year old children that is education at school level at university level vocational level that are, are blending and merging and you're seeing you know a holistic maybe is the word, a holistic approach coming in I think that is key um, and everybody wins then mm-hmm. because corporate says this is what industry is needing and, you know, if you look at the way education systems are fun- have functioned to date, it was to produce people to fit into another system to then produce a product outcome, whatever, industrialized, whatever. Now we're moving into the AI space and there's lots of uncertainty and it moves at a quicker speed. We have to be agile. We have to be adaptable. Industry at its core is already doing a lot of that. They're doing the heavy lifting in that space. And industry actually in the vocational space advises government on what to put into its program. So there's more consultation happening. I can't comment for school level and university 100% because I don't sit in the behind the scenes in those spaces, but I do see it. Um, but yeah, I think tech is is shaking it up. And it's also like the... Like I said, entrepreneur, the next generation's coming up. 
they're putting their foot down and saying, I don't want to sit in a classroom for, you know, 12 months. So it's pushing that, um, I don't know, reflection back onto the education system going, how are we going to make this work? So, yeah, I see lots of shifts and it's, it's, as I said, it's exciting. I, I like it. That's why I like the vocational spaces because it is sometimes like a roller coaster. Um, the roller coaster on the track, like there's guidelines, but the dips and stuff come and you just you just have to learn to roll with it. Um, so, yeah, I probably like surfing fullback because I've waffles would just say, um, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I purpose, I personally wouldn't jump in and try and intervene. I think the changes are starting to shift. Mm-hmm. Um, some will happen quicker, will be driven to happen quicker, quicker than others. Um, and I think it's already exciting the fact that there's other avenues that people can can follow mm-hmm. um, without having to go a formalised way and still get formalised or get recognised, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah, it is true. I actually really enjoyed listening to that response and would agree in the sense of the system and that we actually need systems in place in order for it to work, right? And then I, it got me thinking and I was like, okay, well, yeah, we kept it the same, awesome. And then we were talking about experience before and what if we lessened how long we spent in the actual classroom and had our students get out there and actually experience what it is that they're learning about more often and that would be amazing. They'd get real-life experience and actually get to explore what the world is about. And then I reflected back on my uh, own experience in my final year of school and realized that was a lot of what I did. I actually spent, although I was only part-time, the about half of the time that it was part-time, I was either doing work experience or I was out learning in the location that I was learning about, right? So I wasn't actually sitting in the classroom. And from that, I can recognize that I actually learned a lot more about myself, about what I was learning and about where I wanted to go for my future rather than sitting in front of a whiteboard listening to a teacher lecture at me about why X equals YB, whatever it is. And that in itself was like, okay, cool, if we have systems, how do we then implement potentially getting work experience before the year 11, 12, or I think they brought it down earlier and it's like 10 um, they can go do work experience. Just imagine like in PE or in your grade six, you're doing football and you get to go learn from the local football team, you know, rather than your PE teacher who specializes in sport and has never played football in their life. I like learning from people that actually experience it. Like that's just such a small, yeah, just the first thing that came to my mind. But like imagine the experience you'd learn from someone who's embodied in what you're learning about. That and it's like that's it we're standing on the shoulder of giants that have done it before you and i think like there's there's two things to touch on with what you've just said is yeah i have seen those shifts starting like i've you know the youngest student that i've ever taught in a vocational space was 13 years old and which was just you know yes that is um not it wasn't the norm um he was being pulled out of the formal system to go and work in a family business to get experience and exposure. So he was having the blend of both. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a few, probably a couple of years back now. So there's certainly more that way. Um, there's a lot of colleges now that will even create, there's a lot more simulation um, if they can't get people into a business as well. 
um, particularly like with trades and stuff, which is which is really cool. Um, and then I think the other point too, which you started to sort of touch on as well, is that one of the big it's it's like people dipping a you know baby toe fingernail in, and it's certainly starting to lean, which is exciting, especially if anyone's in that more um, uh, holistic mindful kind of space is starting to see a more of a blend of the soft skills as well as technical skills and and for me personally that is super exciting because that was a bit of a journey that I myself had have been on I went into a lot of the business studies a lot of the teaching that I was doing very much focused on that pragmatic technical we do as you said the systems as a b c d what about the thinking, not the thinking, the feeling, the emotional, that side of things is something that is slowly starting to become more mainstream and being blended. Um, an example of that is, you know, in the business package at the moment, you've got like, let's say 50 subjects and they're all very, you know, budget, they're all people, they're all operations, very like, you know, technical. And then there's one unit that's about emotional intelligence out of like 50 and I'm like, I stay hopeful and it's exciting because just the fact that there's one means more will follow um, and you can contextualize stuff. So that is, you know, in amongst that conversation we're having, there's more and more. Even now, like I can see um, like local councils starting to put on more awareness around, you know, human design and yoga and meditation and, you know, the university is starting to do it. It's It's starting to ripple out because it's been driven by, industry which is you know the entrepreneur space um and it's amazing because there is that quote out there that's like you know educating the mind without educating the heart is no education at all and that is a shift i think you can see it if you look we've just gone we're going through like industry 4.0 which is like the ai space industry 5.0 is values driven is that more feeling type wave so i think we will start to see that coming in you can already see it, but it will come in more. So for anyone out there that's like a coach in that space, sit, sit pretty because it's like, it's exciting. It's And I think that will be edgy, like the edgy tech, the touchy-feely emotional stuff will come in because if you've got business leaders and you've got educated people, whatever shape or form that looks like, that are heart and mind connected, like, hello, like the I, I, I get tingles with excitement at what that will look like, what that business world will look like, what the world will look like. And you can see it already kind of as you look out there and starting to go down that. And you're last coming back, you know, you've got, we're on the bit of purpose, the purposeful podcast and we're purposeful pursuit. And we're seeing that marry of all of those juicy things of feeling, thinking, all coming under the one banner. So yeah, would I change anything? Like we said, I think it's changing itself and I'm just, I'm here and I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I really do. And it's nice to hear the changes that are happening, especially coming from um, myself who I am getting into that space and wanting to change some things myself knowing that you know there are already people with their foot in the door and they're already making these changes and it just means that by me jumping on board as well it's just going to be a little bit easier for us to make these changes and bring in the emotional intelligence and uh, all the the mindful stuff that you were just discussing yeah. uh, it's really great to know that it is already there and even if we look at um the school system in terms of your um, K to grade 12, their curriculum, I was very shocked 
when I read it and did notice that there were little things in there around um, emotional intelligence or re- building healthy relationships and it's little things. It's just um, going to take time to evolve and ha- add more and then also it's all good and well to have it in the curriculum are the teachers and educated themselves to then educate beyond that and uh that's kind of where jace and i are coming in we're like it's great it's in the curriculum how are you actually teaching it what are you teaching why are you teaching do you even know why it's in the curriculum do you know understand how important it is like are you passionate about it because it's like a teacher going in and teaching science and actually is really passionate about english they're going to be unable to actually educate their students to the potential that they deserve if they're uninspired by emotional intelligence if they see no point in it or whatever the topic is so i'm loving that the changes are all happening and it kind of allows that space for jason and i to go great they're here let's let's work with them let's work with the education system and let's rise the students to the potential that they then get to have that flow and effect because the changes you've seen i'm sure in the last 10 15 years is has been extraordinary imagine the next 10 15 years especially with things like ai like that in itself i know someone who gets most of their um assignments and puts it into ai gets it to generate it then gives it the, the um like the grading and goes make sure that this is an x amount in this grade and make sure that it qualifies and okay. like like they use ai very smartly like yeah. if it's there utilize it like, I'm not going to say who it was. However, you know, like utilize these changes to your advantage because in the long run, it's around, it's going to stick around. So it's like the changes are being made. Some will see it as bad. Some will see it as great. Some will utilize it. Some won't. And it's just exciting to see the changes. I'm excited. Like, I, yeah, it's going to be great. Absolutely. And like exactly what you touched on there is that's why that human element is it's nice that it's stepping up and finally being more center and front in the conversation because as some technical skills will be able to be replaced by machines, the human aspect will not. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know we all use AI some, to some degree now. We are still having to be the ones that are running the system. So if we are doing that more values-driven work in ourselves, and that starts to then filter through the education system, which it, it is starting. You know, like I said, even in the last two years, I've seen big shifts. For me, my personal journey, the last five years, and I, I laugh because when I first wanted to get into business, a mentor said to me, you need to work on yourself first. And I went, like, you didn't hear what I said. I'm here to learn about business. And they went, you didn't hear what I said. I'm going to give you what you need, not what you want. Yeah. Um, and slowly, 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 as more people do the work, it rubs off. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is, it, as it rolls, you know, I think we've heard it before, that snowball analogy, it's 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 moving and it's selecting more people in a positive way as it's going. Um, and I think that human element as once that kicks in properly and like you said, you're starting to see it in the schools once you do the work you're doing and it starts to create that shift, it will flow through from there to everywhere. And like, yeah, as I said, you just get the tingles with excitement and you want, like you said, pe- get people to work on their strengths and then where they're not sure, that's that's the work of the people that are further along the path. We're mm-hmm. here to help you through what we've learned through our own experiences. I want to help you because when I help you, you'll help others and that's how that ripple effect happens. So 
Same as with those teachers. If you're uninspired, if they're not in the right space, well, where is your right space? So that you can do the most amount of good for the most amount of people with your area of, of passion and, and in line with your purpose, then everybody's winning. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited for the future. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Good thing. Good thing. Yeah. It's moving in the right direction. It is. Sometimes it doesn't always feel like that. Um, and But on the ground level, when you look around, stay hopeful, stay optimistic because you're right, like it is good. There is good change. There's good people in there. And now, you know, this same sort of stuff we're talking about here with the entrepreneur space and the things that you're wanting to, to do with Jason, if you had to come along maybe five years, six years ago, the timing wasn't right. And that's some of that key thing is timing is is important and yeah. and I can see this just starting to happen the timing is starting it's all starting to align which is great which is yeah. really really great so exciting so exciting yeah. uh, well I have one last question for you oh. <laughs> uh I like to ask this at the end of every episode and it's if you could go back to a younger version of you what's one piece of advice that you'd give yourself yeah, okay. The first thing that comes to mind is um, it's a journey, not a destination. I uh, was very task-oriented um, in my younger years, hence the 11 diploma. <laughs> um, and over that time, not to say don't have a goal, don't focus, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the real joy, the depth, the embodiment, the experience, the juice, is in the journey and that's what we've talked about now is sometimes for me as the younger me was always so far out here in the future that I didn't really appreciate what was being happening in the present what the learning was what the journey the education that was happening as I was going um so yeah I, w- I would definitely just say yeah um the journey not the destination is is key and you know and that's the thing, it's a lifelong learning journey. That's and I always just wanted to get to that tick the box, get this piece of paper, tick the box, you know, compartmentalize and, and that's life not doesn't work like that. Um and especially now like we're seeing learning is happening everywhere. So it's it's a journey. <laughs> it's not a destination. It's gonna be ever evolving. If you're not learning, you're dead. So yeah, yeah journey is the key. Oh. Takes the pressure. Absolutely. I love that because I, I often balance from focusing on the journey and focusing on the destination, focusing on the journey, focusing on the destination. And you're right, like to anyone listening, like marry the journey, enjoy the journey because that's where the memories are created. You're always going to get to a destination that you're serving for and then there's going to be something else. And a lot of the time we go, oh, there's that next thing. I better go do that. And we actually forget about the destination that we traveled to already. Yeah. We get to celebrate, we forget to enjoy it. And then all of a sudden, well, there's more and there's more. So there's always going to be more. Um, and I love that that is something that you can actually give to yourself now and also give to the people listening is to remind themselves it's, it's a beautiful journey that we get to have. And enjoying it is one of the best things that we can allow ourselves to do. Yeah, it's true. And it's funny too, because like even from a business perspective, it's changed in my approach. So my original business name was 
<laughs> professional pursuit because I was real goal oriented mm-hmm. and now it's shifted to purposeful pursuit, which aligns exactly what we're saying is it's it's that infinite symbol. It's that constant I'm learning, I'm teaching, I'm learning, I'm teaching and it's the ebb and flows of, of life being in, involving in that journey, reach the destiny, move again, move again. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a paradox. It is. Good one to hold to. Mm. <laughs> absolutely oh well thank you Haley. thank you for this chat i have learned so much i'm excited to take a lot of this into my life into business into all the things um your point of view and your perspective has also been really eye-opening and incredible to listen to so i really appreciate this chat thank you thanks so much for the opportunity likewise it's you know it's a, a mutual mutually beneficial exchange and uh yeah i really appreciate the opportunity thank you very much